Hello everyone, today I'm doing a podcast with my mum to show what caring for a loved one with an eating disorder is like. Hi, my name's Jill, I'm Naomi's mum. I'm going to start by asking some questions. How did you feel when I first got diagnosed with anorexia? It was a, it was a mixture of relief and sadness really. It was, um, you know, it was something that I knew nothing about, so it was quite alien to me, but it was also a relief that you'd got your diagnosis and we could then get you the support and help that you desperately needed. How did you go about getting me diagnosed with an eating disorder? Um, I'd noticed that you weren't eating so well and you'd lost some a lot of weight, so I went to the doctor. I mean, initially they just sent you away telling you to put on weight within a couple of weeks. I went straight back the following week because you'd lost even more weight. Saw a different doctor who got you referred to CAMS. And it was once we had an appointment with them and speaking to them that we got your diagnosis. What symptoms did you notice that I had before you went to get me diagnosed with an eating disorder? It was mainly like skipping meals. Um, I'd ask you what you eat at lunchtime at school and you would be quite annoyed that I'd asked, and which seemed quite... I got very defensive when yeah, food was mentioned. quite an extreme reaction, really. Um, and, you know just noticed you were losing weight I didn't notice quite how much weight until we went on holiday but it was yeah it was just your general you're very tired lack of energy my mood decreased didn't it I was depressed a lot of the time yeah yeah very um isolating yourself away really what was the most challenging aspect about living with and caring for someone with an eating disorder just that it sort of ended up taking over your life um, and it was like having to learn to parent in a different way like you know because I was never restricted with routines I was quite relaxed on what you could eat and what you could eat and meal with time routines whereas I had to get into a routine make sure you were at a certain times make sure you were at certain meals and I'd always been quite a good eater as a child and yeah, I so you never yeah. need to worry about it before you always had quite a healthy appetite and we would always choose healthy foods as well so it was um yeah it was just getting into that routine of eating certain meal plans really and something that you'd never really had to think about before no not at all what support and advice do you wish you had received as a carer i think i wish i had the opportunity to speak to others that were going through the same thing that i was um and Maybe someone to say, don't get too wrapped up in it, take a step back sometimes. Not to take things so personally. Yeah, yeah, not to take it personally that if they were doing the opposite to what you needed them to do, it was the anorexia, not your child, not your daughter, not your loved one. It was, um, and recognising when it was the eating disorder in charge rather than your loved one being there. And uh, your family and friends has been more helpful and supportive than they were at the beginning yeah that was very difficult because there was a lot of comments whether they eat for me or if that was my child I would have made the meat I would have nipped that out in the bud I would have stopped she wouldn't have anorexia if she was my child and then at the same time they were saying oh it's just a fad diet like she'll get over it in no time yeah, so yeah. they were very conflicting advice and none of it was very helpful not helpful at all no, no. What did you do to take care of yourself and give yourself some space from the illness? I think it's important to make sure we kept some routine of 
normal life going as well. I had my son as well. So it was like, if we had things like holidays booked, but you were back in hospital, we would, I would still take him on holiday. Um, still spending time with him. Still making sure that he wasn't that affected. The, the the damage to him was limited. It's limited, as it yeah, could be. Yeah, 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 and trying to remember you and my daughter as well as I was your carer. So trying to find some sort of normal times to have conversations as yeah. well was really important. Yeah, I think that that was important to me as well. How did you hold on to hope when I was battling the eating disorder? I think by just recognising small steps. I mean, from one of your stays in hospital, is it focused on eating out? I mean, the first time you just cried in the restaurant. Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and wouldn't touch the food. To like a few weeks, months later, that we could actually go out for a meal and you would eat it. And just hanging on to hope with these small little steps, having conversations about things that weren't related to your eating disorder. Um, I think small things, even like when I came home from Rhodes Farm, when I sort of met a new group of friends from school and I would go out with them afterwards. And I think you found that quite scary in some respects because I'd sometimes would eat out and that was scary because you had to kind of let go of that control and knowing what I was always doing. Yeah. But you also were happy that I was actually going out and doing things that normal teenagers do yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So I think it was trying to find that balance of wanting that but being quite frightened of me doing that at the same time. Would yeah. you agree? I would, yeah, yeah. It's to have like the normal teenage worries, worries of a teenage daughter was quite nice sometimes rather than just constantly focusing on the food side of it. Yeah. What were some of the things that you did to support me in my recovery? I like to think just like always being there for you. I mean, I never missed appointments to come and see you. I never missed chances to bring you home, to have you back at home with the family. Even though that was really difficult sometimes. It was all, I mean, yeah, there were times when our relationship was really strained, when I could only speak to you at certain times on certain days. But I still phoned all the while on those times and spoke to you as much as I could. And just trying to spend time with you as as the person and not just as a patient. Yeah. I think the main thing is like making sure that they know there are set rules and boundaries. It's like following your meal plans was important. Um, but I think as times changed as you got older, it was like, although we had set meal plans that you had to follow, if there was something like, I always remember they send you home with a certain chocolate bar that you didn't like, I would allow you to swap it for a chocolate bar of the same value that you would eat. Yeah, it was like, as long as the calories and nutrition was the same, around the same, then it, the food itself was is better to have something that you know they liked pre-eating disorder than for some time something that they never liked. Yeah, yeah. And would you say it's important to, like, have non-negotiable set plans where there's no wiggle space so that the eating disorder can't try and intervene. Yeah, because it, it just does. If you give them, in, you know, it was points where I couldn't leave you to eat your meal on your own, saying, you know, you 
just eat that sandwich and we go out because as soon as I would be gone that sandwich would be in the bin and so you had to but when I would could sit with you and talk to you while you was eating and have general conversation then then that seemed to help you yeah it did help me yeah I think because I think if you just sort of sat there on your own then the thoughts get stronger whereas if you've got someone else there especially if someone else is eating with you I think that helps yeah and not to just be too focused on drawing attention to, oh, come on, you're taking too long to eat that. Just acts like things were fine and we were just carrying on having a meal in the conversation anyway. Yeah. I remember there was times where if you were dieting, then I did struggle with that did, massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt like everyone had to be eating the same amount as me. Yeah. And I think that that was a big problem. But I know that you did all you could to support me and I see now that you still had to do what was best for you yeah. at the time and you couldn't not do that just because it made me feel uncomfortable yeah I think sometimes it's you have to be careful not to pander to the illness as in like everything you do oh sorry if that's always or is that struggling for you because life has to carry on and I think if you pander to the illness too much, it gives it more power. Yeah. So, although you have to be understanding... Respectful. And respectful. And, yeah. Also remember that life carries on and every... You know, although you might be able to eat more to put weight on, other people don't need to be putting weight yeah. on. And it's something that the the person has to understand. Yeah. And respect yeah. as well, just as much as you respect yeah. how difficult it is for them to do it. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel that I am doing now in my recovery compared to the start? Well, from the start to where you are now is um is amazing because, you know, you wouldn't eat. At one point you wouldn't even drink water. Um, and now I was you, obsessively exercising. You was, yeah, falling asleep, yeah. doing sit-ups. Um, you know, in hospital, they're phoning me up to say about putting water into you because you forced water into you because you wouldn't drink and your kidneys were close to packing up. So you've come such a long way to now being able to live on your own independently, maintain a healthy way, have a daughter to look after who you also and to educate to eat healthy as she yeah. grows up. Yeah. Um you know, it's it's amazing really how far you've come. Yeah. You know, but it, no matter how well you are doing now, which is really good and I'm really proud of you. We do have to keep in mind that it is a lifelong illness, so it's not something that's going to disappear. It's helping to, that you can learn to live with it and manage it to keep living a healthy lifestyle. And at right? times where I'm particularly stressed, you do worry about that setting me back because you know, like stress and anxiety about things look triggers. For triggers and yeah. um, try and talk to you, yeah, to try and keep you on the good road that you are on. Yeah. Okay. What's some advice that you would give to carers who are struggling to manage their loved one's eating disorder? To sometimes take a step back. Remember, it's, the eating disorder is, is separate to your loved one. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, yeah. and to try and spend time not just dealing with the eating disorder, but speaking to your loved one and keeping that relationship strong between you and not taking offence at things the eating disorder does. And I think good things to help build trust are to make sure that you don't trick them into making, like, getting them to eat more, pretending that it's not, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, being I honest mean, with them. 
you know, planning meals together, going yeah. cooking together and being quite open in what you're cooking, letting them have some input into what is a healthy meal so that you can work it out between you. Is Yeah, and work together can, as a team. It's nice, yeah, to work together as a team in a good way. Yeah. Okay, I hope you found you all found this helpful. Thank you. Bye.